appreciate that very much. All right, let's talk to one of uh, America's best columnists. He's been working for many years uh, at the Boston Globe. Of course, one of the, one of those always representing the city of Boston, but with uh, viewpoints that don't, don't always go over well in Boston because he keeps it real. He tells it like he sees it. A great sports columnist. He's been on television for years. Also, the author of Wish It Lasted Forever, Life with the Larry Bird Celtics the great Dan Shaughnessy with us here on the day of Game 5, 6, or Celtics. How you doing, Dan? Good. How you guys doing? Good, Dan. All right, so a lot of ways to get at this, but let's just start with this. Because you got the feel up there, we don't. Are Celtics fans worried? Should they be worried? It's now the best of three. Are they feeling some tension? Uh, they're they're disgruntled with, with the two losses, especially the last one, but I don't think they're worried. Um, and, you know, they just got stung in the hockey thing with the best regular season team in history that yeah. got knocked mm-hmm. out in the first round by what turns out to be a pretty darn good Florida team. But absent that, yeah, um, they, they're just they, – they, they expect a route tonight. They expect the Celtics to just take this thing and just, and just beat them. And uh, the panic or, or the, dis, you know, real dissatisfaction won't, won't come in unless they lose tonight mm-hmm. or have some sort of a, you know, escape victory kind of thing. I mean – they everybody here thinks they're better, and uh, there's a lot of arrogance about it. And, and within the, they think they are. And they've never won a championship, and yet they carry themselves a little lofty, in my yeah. view. They've got maturity issues and not finishing off, and they don't do well in tight games. Get them in a tight game. Uh, that that seems to be a good strategy. Uh, but I think, you know, man for man, I mean, they're favored to to win the finals. I mean, of of, of the remaining teams still standing. But I think they're 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 shaken uh, by some of the old stuff that that people don't like. And last year, they made their path too hard to get to the finals, and they went up two one in the finals, and then lost three straight. And I think they were worn down and and making it you know have, needing six games to get rid of those bums from Atlanta is, is a bad <laughs> yeah. start. And then uh, having a better team in this series and being two two is is another bad indicator. So hey, I mean you guys got some serious ballers there and. And if these guys don't don't snap out of it, uh, it, it could be you know you could go home three two. Who knows? But yeah, people here are expecting a route tonight. Dan, how good a coach is Joe Mazzulla compared to Doc Rivers? Well, it's interesting. I mean, Doc gets a lot of harpoons over the years, and you know, just one championship, and you know, didn't do great after leaving here with the Clippers and all those things. We know that everybody likes Doc because he's so media friendly and he's made a bag of money and um, he's, he's happy and content and all that stuff, but. He's he's never been in the upper tier of of guys who are gonna, you know, pants you in a series with with the acumen. So, uh, but in this series, you got an advantage because Joe Mazzulla has never done it before. He's never been a head coach at any level higher than D three. I don't think a year or two D three, and he's thirty four years old, two years younger than Al Horford, and and he's he's shown this stubbornness about the timeouts, which really came back to bite him. And yeah, he, he did admit yesterday, first time. I mean, it was a it was a shocker that he admitted that. He was wrong because it's generally been you get the the stink guy and 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 the intransigence and and no this is how we do it and I mean we understand there are coaches who say we trust our players and we don't want to to you know take Harden and Maxi off the floor we want to have their their worst defensive alignment out there so we're not going to have the pause and and we're going to trust our guys but when you guys can't be trusted don't do it and Marcus there's a reason you're the guy who's open all the time you know <laughs> that's true I mean. But that, that got to get that message across too. So, yeah. So the walls are closing in on on Joey there a little bit, and um, you know everybody everybody kind of wants to like him and 
a serious, no-nonsense guy, and clearly uh, an Ainge Stevens protege who vaulted over a lot of guys who were EMA guys, and, and that's how he got to the position so quickly. And uh, here we are. So now, uh, and again, whoever wins this series is probably getting Miami. And I, and that guy, Spolstra, has, has evolved into kind of an elite coach uh, who does beat you and maybe get a game in the series. And uh, that's not a, a happy prospect for Boston in, in terms of if they, if they do advance because the coaching differential could be even greater there. Uh, Dan, Jason Tatum didn't score a bucket until 28 seconds left in the first half. Uh, how much of that was just a, an aberration, and how much of that was the Sixers are able to be more physical with him defensively, and he struggles as a result? And how much of that is while well, Tatum's great, Tatum's great, he's not great, great, that, that he can he can fade out? No, I think every, all, all the your suppositions are true, I think. You know, he's a, he's the ceiling's very high, and he's, you know, he's, he's in that top five to ten tier, I think, at this point. You know, he's 60 points in the All-Star game. He, he tends to – we worry that he likes the wrong things, like, oh, All-Star MVP and, oh, Subway commercial and, and this and that. And, and there's the, the – the, I mean, he looks in the mirror and sees Michael Jordan looking back at him. There's no question. I mean, these guys mm. – there's no problem with ego or, or uh, you know, self-confidence with, with these guys. But uh, – I just think he just checks out every now and then, and um, I think that's what you saw there. There was some of that. In the, well, the finals looked very bad for him last year, and he kind of needs to get back to a finals and, and do better to erase that. He's never going to be serious. You know, he gets the MVP chance at the foul line, but it's not taken seriously elsewhere in the NBA. So uh, he wants to get to that next level, and he's probably got the talent to do that. He had a great second half. I mean, for all the – other stuff that was going on. They had a ferocious comeback and really that good for the Sixers for staving that off and still winning the game because I thought it was just going to wash over him. I mean, it was so fierce and Al Horford's just playing great defense on Embiid and the switches they were doing down low. And anytime he puts it to the floor, they just swarm, come from the other side and you get a turnover or, I mean, you get a lot of shots blocked for a big guy like that. So, like he's had a great career. Yeah. There's no question. I mean, I thought the, you know, the comeback was tremendous and, and Tatum, Tatum had like, I don't know, 18 rebounds or something and a bunch of blocks and, and did score like 22 or 24 in the second half. So, But, yeah, there's going to be those disappearing things. And they got, they got so many talented guys that can, you know, I mean, Brown, Brown didn't take a shot in overtime. I think Brown took like three shots after the third quarter. Hmm. And he's a really good player. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, they just, they're, they're a little bit messy. Um, they, they should be better. Dan Shaughnessy from the Boston Globe with us. Day of Game 5, Sixers Celtics tonight in Boston. Dan, if you had to pick a tandem for the remainder of this series, Embiid and Harden or Tatum and Brown, which would you pick? I'd take Tatum and Brown just because of the youth. And they're kind of what today's NBA is, which is the 6'8", 6'6", slashers, positionless basketball. And and they're in better shape. I mean, they're they're younger and in better shape. Your guys get a little tired, and I understand that. I get tired watching them. It's it's they're they're doing a lot, and uh, you know, and I mean James Harden. <clears throat> I mean, man, the guy had two forty plus games in this series, so it's hard to say anything but him. But I, what we saw in Game Three was was really scary. That did have the look of uh, <clears throat> you know Joe Hardy just emerging into the old guy in the middle in mid game. I thought he was going to calcify before the fourth quarter. So that was a tricky one there. And, you know, he's getting people yelling Ben Simmons at him and he wouldn't take the shot when he got, yeah. got through and all that stuff. It was weird, but it was a big step up in four and, 
and he was money in that last shot and the floater that put him into overtime. I mean, that was, it's impressive. And I, yeah. I love Embiid. I mean, you guys are nuts to be talking about getting rid of Embiid. You gotta be kidding me. I mean, you know, I, I just, he's so old school. He's like a, you know, little Chamberlain and, and, you know, some back to the basket and, and just that fadeaway from the elbow and the foul line is just really good. Dan Shaughnessy here. Dan, let's flip it to football quickly because while we have you curious on the Belichick front, uh, you know, no playoff wins without Brady. Yeah. Only one playoff appearance in which the Patriots got frickin' smoked without Brady. Uh, what happens in the next two years in Robert Kraft's mind if, if Belichick continues to not do anything without Brady? Well, that's critical mass here right now, and everybody's kind of wondering. This. You don't get a lot of information out of Fort Foxborough, a lot of guessing and stabbing, but I think the tension with the owner and the owners, the owner and the coach is real. I believe that's existed for 23 years. So it's just their personalities and egos and who gets credit, who gets blame. And you got a needy owner who wants all the fans to love him and takes positions on both sides of every issue. And, and then you got a coach who's, you know, maybe still coaching in the leather helmet era, waiting for Lawrence Taylor to come through the door. So it's a, uh, you know, there's an interesting uh, dynamic down there. And I think Kraft does care about the Shula record and Bill's like 19 away from that. So it's two more seasons. Hmm. Uh, depending on things. And, yeah, we're three. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and and the no playoffs, no playoff victories really, you know, eats at craft. And, and Bill's still kind of, you know, he's still drafting punters and special teams guys. And, you know, he didn't get Mac Jones any help in the draft. Uh, you know, some some O-line guys, I guess. But it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's going to be really critical for them. And they look like the consensus fourth best team in, in the AFC East. And, Oh, you know, after yeah. 20 years of dominance, it's just a weird, a weird place to be starting from. So he's really going to have to coach him up this year, and and the whole Jones dynamic is is interesting because he's going to have to get his money after this year if they commit to him. And and uh, I just I just don't know which way it's going to go, but it's it's fascinating. Dan, the book, uh, of course, you came out with I think it was about a year ago, and yeah. I have it on my list to read. I have uh, I bought 50 books about a year and a half ago, and I'm down to 12. So I'm getting close to buying a new batch, and when I do, I will buy your book. Uh, tell us about it. Author of uh, Wish It Lasted Forever, Life with the Larry Bird Celtics. Tell us about the book and tell us about, you know, that era and covering, you know, a team obviously not as good as the 83 Sixers, but a team that was nonetheless quite good. Well, I mean, again, that was just... <laughs> Got to get, get a little jab in there, you know what I'm saying? No, it's an old, it's, this is an old guy telling old stories, but I was the beat guy in, the, in when Bird was MVP those three years, 84, uh, 5, and 6, and... Yeah. And my first year in the B was 82-83, a pretty special year for you guys. And, and we were in on all that stuff, you know, the fights with Larry and Doc and, and you know, Moses and Red Auerbach and exhibition game fights, and it was crazy. And the, the hook of that book, that's a pandemic book, and it's, it's hard not to promote that book as the NBA was so much better then. <laughs> yeah, it was. Sure <laughs> but, was. But, you know, it, the NBA of the 80s, man, that's what saved the league. I mean, you get Larry and Magic coming in in 79, and then the, the, you know, the Sixers obviously had that, the faux, faux, faux team. And then Larry and Magic take over the finals, you know, you know, four times, and it, and it was like the Ali Frazier of uh, of of the NBA. And I think it it gave way to David Stern, gave way to Michael Jordan, gets to the Dream Team, and now you get this global entity and everybody jacking up threes all the time. But in that era, the one thing about that book that no one can ever write again because we're with them. The writers lived with them: buses, airplanes, hotel bars, waiting for bags, flying commercial, and we really got to tell people what they were like. So all that stuff about, you know, how they felt about Iberoni, how Larry felt about Doc, we're talking to him all the time. That just doesn't exist anymore. Nobody's fault. It's evolutions, the way things have evolved. 
but I'll tell you, uh, you just won't believe the, the personal interactions and, and what, just how much chops busting went on, on and off the court with those players. And, and it was really a, you know, it's a fond memory for me to go back in time like that. And I still love the NBA. I do, but that was more fun. Sorry. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, Dan, final thing here. Um, it's probably going to take one of these, and I think it's going to happen. Tyrese Maxey turning into Andrew Tony in either game five or seven to steal one in Boston. Just just spread the word to your people up there. Hey, I love a good a good close series. Let, let it go seven. Celtics, Sixers, seven games. Let's go. <laughs> Bring it on. Dan, thanks so much for joining the show. Of course, the book available at Amazon.com and all sorts of spots. Dan, thanks so much, and continued success to you. Thanks, bud. Thanks, guys. Thank all right, you, there Dan. he is, Dan Shaughnessy. He does not sound too worried, does he?